you like audiobooks or audio shows, check out a free trial of Audible. Just click the link in the description. You are listening to Mindshack. This is Bruce McGuire. And Maxwell Powers. And today we're going over a topic that Maxwell is well-versed in. And that topic is anarchy or anarcho-capitalism, something he has spent quite some time researching, and me not so much. So Maxwell's going to be taking the reins on a lot of this one. <laughs> it's, it's been years, but okay. As always, if you like the podcast, you can donate to our PayPal. Just check the link in the description. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications, and make sure your device allows those notifications to go through in your device settings. If you like the podcast, hit the like button. Feel free to share it across social media platforms. You can check us out, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, Patreon, and Patrons. Do you get priority in requesting topics or cases? So, Maxwell, how did you first kind of uh, find your way into anarchy? I know with all of the censorship that's going on, YouTube and Google and all these things, it seems like it's not quite as in your face. But a number of years back, it seems like, Anarchy and anarcho-capitalism and a lot of these things with uh, Occupy Wall Street and uh, just a lot of these things were anonymous or were kind of bringing anarchy to the forefront. Uh, and most people have, I guess we should start with the misconception that anarchy means some kind of lawlessness or just disorder and chaos in the streets and people killing each other because that's how a lot of people use the word anarchy. Yeah, I think uh, I think anarchy, like if you break it down, an is like no, and anarchy is like a ruler, so like no rulers. So that's like that's breaking it down the word. But I, I mean the the political philosophy that I advocate is anarcho capitalism. But I mean it can also be called just capitalism. But there's so many misconceptions about ca- how today's capitalism that people have to you know go with the word anarcho capitalism because there's so much going on. Was that, Peter Schiff, that's confusing. Was Peter Schiff the one that said that we actually are not in a capitalistic system? We're in a corporatism system. Uh, well, a lot of a lot of people say that. It's almost like um, I mean, if you really know your your political philosophy, it's it's we are we are not in a in a free uh, in a free market capitalism capitalist society. You know, like it's there's just too much going on with the state intermingling with corporations, things like that, and. It's just not a it's not a free market when you when you handheld when you handhold with the with the state to get what you want. So basically, just at a, in a simple in a super simple sense, so a, a true capitalistic free market system would mean no government, uh, let's say, overtaxation or government regulation saying you need like well, fifty different licenses just to have a business. Yeah. Well, no no taxes ever. I mean, because taxes is forced fees on people so i mean you can i don't know um you can charge for land that you uh homesteaded as they say like but you know you can't well no just from a a super business from a super easy sense like if you're starting a business and so in a true capitalistic system there would be no paying for licenses or inspections or any of that stuff is that how that would work um I would. Say, I mean, I don't know exactly how that would work. I mean, I'm sure there would be like a like a like different companies that would be businesses. There would be private markets to license you. And I mean, it, it, right now it doesn't it doesn't make sense, right? Because 
because people haven't really thought about it. But you know, if you really think about it, I mean, businesses can compete for your to for you to license with. I mean, if you license with like an awesome company that has the highest standards for drives driving safety, and they hire the best teacher, like, do you know what I mean? And yeah, and the, the, like, and they put these things and and you know these things on your car to to make it worthwhile, whatever. You know, if you're if you're driving through town and you know the private police pulls you over for whatever going through the speed limit that the town uh, or yeah the the, the yeah, the town uh, decided on. Um, but how did they decide on that, though? Like, let's get, let's well, get. Well, I don't know. It's like this is this is like it becomes over like the whole um, anarcho-capitalism. It gets really complicated because you start thinking about privatizing all these things, and you think about all these scenarios, right? And like like the scenario that we're we're looking at, there's it's so complicated because it hasn't been really done in a in a way. So like we're, but I, I think everything will work out at the end. If you don't use, well, what about the auto? What about the autobahn in uh, Germany? There's no speed limit on it, so it's it's not like it's it's not like some of these concepts have never been implemented at all. I mean, they have. Yeah, they exist somewhere. Well, it's crazy with like traffic. I mean, that they the police. At least this is how I see it. The the state police, you know, they depend on the revenues of from speeding and and all these traffic violations. All right. Well, before Please. we get, uh, yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole. But yeah, yeah, so, like there's, so, there's so much to, so, to go so on. My initial question was, how did you kind of become exposed to anarchy and anarcho-capitalism? Um, well, a long time ago, like very, like, like when I was really young, I read the the book called uh, Neo Tech Discovery, and it talked about that was my first introduction to like just free markets, and they, they talked about Ayn Rand, so I kind of went over that read her articles um so i was like pro-capitalist then and then over time like ron paul ran for for president and i wasn't really i wasn't completely anarchist that because like there were there were copyright um there were it's a, there were intellectual properties that uh property concepts that i i wasn't it wasn't thorough yet as far as like um my anarchism <laughs> so let's see uh where was i Oh, uh, Ron Paul ran, ran for president, and uh, Ron Paul kept promoting all these uh, these books on with uh, what's his name? Oh my God! <laughs> anyway, actually, that's that wasn't my way um, to anarchism. I saw this post uh, on Facebook. It was just a, like a regular meme with like a it was an A with a circle around it, and it just said anarchy, no rulers, or something like that, and it, and a few things underneath it, bullet points, and he was like. It was like a, I think it said something like, "Don't use, um, don't use force against people," uh, something like that. It was describing anarchism basically, and I was like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." So, so like, everything works without force. <laughs> so I started getting into it, and I and I started uh, befriending all these people on Facebook, and they started sending me stuff, and I start they started I started seeing their posts on my feed, their YouTube videos, that kind of thing, and. Um, I just went down that route. That so, actually, like all did, the, that, did that get you into conspiracies too? I don't remember. Uh, it does because it was kind of like a, a lot of a lot of libertarians and and uh, anarchists tend to go that route too because because you're when your freedom is suppressed, it's like why is it suppressed? Why is our freedom all messed up? And people start giving you hints, like well maybe this, maybe that. 
like yeah. and then you start and you start getting like deeper and deeper into that and then i went to that phase of i would say three to four months of conspiracies but that, um, rabbit hole yeah, yeah yeah all right so real quick what you just mentioned what's the difference between an anarchist and a libertarian well the libertarian how other most people perceive libertarians are like the the party supporter the big l versus the small l so like the big l libertarian is the libertarian on the street that supports whoever runs for the libertarian party and that's the libertarian and under that umbrella is all the libertarian philosophies but there's a lot of uh inconsistencies as far as like the real libertarian philosophy like small l libertarian so i'm a small l libertarian not the big l i guess i used to be i don't know okay maybe. so what's the difference between the small l and anarchist well um well uh, well, uh, between those two, uh, nothing pretty much. I, well, as far as our our perception too, but there's other uh, other forms of anarcho something ism. <laughs> there's a anarcho communism. Like we had, there's a big debate. Like I I participated in that big debate with, between anarcho communism and uh, anarcho capitalism. Yeah, and it's just, it was just it was a, it was a, it was a good learning process. But like you know, to, was that. You have any takeaways on on those? Just quick bullet points. Um, the pretty much anar anarcho -com -com uh, communism, or they call themselves ancoms, anarcho communists, and they're it's pretty much just socialism. They they don't want to say that, but it's the same way as they perceive capitalists or anarcho capitalists as just capitalists. But there's so many misconceptions about again, like regular, just the you know general capitalism. So in anarcho-communism, basically, what does that mean? That means uh, everything is owned by everybody? Like everything is shared? Uh, man, it's, it's been, this has been a while, but uh, it's pretty much, I don't know, man. But these, these people on there, were, they were freaking crazy, man. They, they really looked for that violent revolution. I mean, I'm talking like getting bricks and throwing it into like the CEO's face and, and shit like that. They, they, want, they want you fucking down. Like, and they're willing to do it violently, too. Yeah, but it's yeah, but doesn't doesn't every party have a group like that? Yeah, but anarcho like capitalists they they don't do that. They just they don't believe in that. They don't believe in in like well, tech, on paper, wouldn't anarcho communists not believe in that either? On paper, I don't think so because they they always talk about the fucking revolution that they're about to have and shit. Like it, it's fucking crazy, dude. All right, so let's move away from the anarcho communists. Let's. Uh, so basically, you're saying a small L libertarian and an anarchist are basically. I, I see. I see it like this: anarcho capitalists is the same as small L libertarians in, in every in every way. Now, if you have, if you call yourself a small L libertarian or anarcho capitalist, and you believe and and you believe in, uh, let's say, intellectual property, as in state state-enforced intellectual property that, you know, patents and copyrights. If you believe in that, you're being inconsistent. Okay, um, I got you. I got you. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're hand-holding with the state to force people out of the markets that you want okay, to enter. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. Next question some listeners might have. Why? What's the difference between an anarcho-capitalist and an anarchist? Um, now, again, um, uh, Anarcho-capitalist versus an anarchist. So he, here's this is what the the ancoms would argue. Like they would say you're not a, like they, they the, the word anarchist really it, it does belong to the anarcho-communism because they were first. 
But that's like saying the the liberals back in the day. Was it the liberals? I forget. I think it was, yeah, I think it was the liberals. Like if you were a liberal back in the day, you were like a libertarian pretty much. But today, if you're a liberal, you're a freaking hand-holding bastard with the government. Make sense? So, so the definition that, has changed over time. Yeah, that's that, yeah. It, it it has evolved to. I don't know. It's got. I don't know what it is now, but I. I mean, I would. Oh, man, I don't know. Like the, the, I mean, we're they're fighting over it. I mean, through through debates and stuff. To who the real anarchists are. I mean, I believe that the anarcho-capitalists are the real anarchists because they don't use force like like the ancoms would, or they think, or they say that they don't. They're not going to use force, but really the outcome. Is, I think I think to is, people is to use force to against people to get the outcome that you want. I think, but they they see they perceive the cap anarcho capitalists the same too. Like they see capitalism as using very forceful uh, amongst people. Like you know they they and they always go for that that you know oh yeah but you like I don't know uh, the the general the general thing that fucking uh, these uh, what do you call the the that party that supports like uh Ro- like not Romney but the other dude um the uh what's his name what's our president's name the last one Donald Trump no the other one last one last Bar- one before Donald Barack Trump. Obama Barack Obama like like, like <laughs> if you're <laughs> Thanks for yeah um you know if <laughs> I forgot his name I was just gonna say like black dude but like I don't the know, Democratic the Democratic Party. Yeah, yeah, the Dem- oh yeah, the Democratic Party. Uh, what was my point with that? I have no idea, Maxwell. No, no, because I was saying like it was. Um... Oh well, my my original point was for a new listener who doesn't know about all this, they might be thinking, why are there all these different names? Why is there an anarchist? Why is there an anarcho-capitalist? Why are there different terms for it? Isn't well, it? Anarch- it's weird. It's weird. Like again, like it, it's it's uh it's evolving now through through debates. I guess what happens is like you're kind of forced to make a this distinction more distinctions yeah more just dis- more distinction so it branches out so yeah, there's even like anarcho syndicalists and shit there's fucking anarcho uh some other sh- some other one fucking anarcho i don't know this this motherfucker believes in like living in the woods and shit <laughs> I- i'm i'm serious i i talked to someone i had debated someone i, I should look that shit up that shit was funny right. actually it wasn't funny he was being serious and shit all right so Let's let's try to get back on track here. So you you basically went through some books and Rand, and that kind of led you to my introduction. I actually never really knew that many anarchists, and I was kind of uh, well. I, I've always called you. I've always called you. For, remember from the very beginning, you're kind of like an organic anarchist. Like you never really. I'm a live and let live kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you were you were like a natural organic anarchist like i think you could argue that any kind of anybody who says god's law is above man's law so would it wouldn't any orthodox religious individual be an anarchist because they're not going to respect man's law they only respect god's law and you know even according to the ten commandments you'd say i mean a lot of the base of common law before the Magna Carta, I mean, if, if we get historical here and kind of trace the Constitution to the Magna Carta to common law, if there is no injured party, there is no crime. And if all men are created equal, who gave Congress the right to tax other men? Because if Congress can tax you, that means you could tax Congress. That means Maxwell Powers could just be like, oh, by the way, 
all Congress members have to pay me 10% income tax because all men are created equal, right? So what gives the right of one man or a group of men to tax other men? So if we kind of just go through that whole thing. Well, there, I mean, there are no rights to that, but what, what's, your, what's your point with that, though? I don't get it. Wouldn't all religious people automatically be anarchists? Because they're not going to respect man, you know, men getting together and saying, oh, we're going to tax you for this. Like, by what authority? <laughs> I'll repeat it for the third time. Wouldn't all Orthodox religious people be anarchists? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know because I don't know. I mean, there were, I, I mean, I don't know the real history with like the, the rulers in there. Okay, or, like, the... Maxwell, it's very easy. Someone who's religious, why would they... Let's say there's a law that says uh, you have to work on Saturdays or Sundays or whatever. Anybody who's religious, that's whether it's Judaism or Christianity, that's that's the Lord's day or the day of rest. They're not going to work on that day. It doesn't matter what, what the government mandates. You don't get it? Um, you don't get what I'm saying? Well, I'm just not. I'm just not following, I guess. I don't know. Okay, so what's the opposite of anarchy? It's statism, right? Yeah. So there's certain p citizens or individuals who believe that you have to do whatever the state says because that's the law of the land. Religious okay. pe religious people respect the law of God. So Oh, I think I think I think um anarch anarchists kind of like uh I think most anarchists, I don't know, like again, I, there's a big debate with this too. Like a lot of anarchists uh don't believe in God and um if People see other anarchists who believe in God. They don't really see them as anarchists, again, because they see God as a ruler. Therefore, they are not an anarchist. Make sense? Right. But they're voluntarily choosing to be led by that ruler. It's oh, yeah. There's a, big, there's a big debate with that, too. Like, if you... <laughs> I think uh, Kinsella and uh, his other friend um, talk, like, talked about that. Like, can you, in a free world... Can you uh, give yourself up to be ruled by another person? And would you still be in a free society? Well, here's, here's, the, here's the most important distinction. You can for yourself, but you have no right to do it for someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, right, right. Like if you force your kid to follow the, like, yeah, yeah, yeah gotcha. Yeah, so that, for example, yeah, that's, if, yeah, so that's, if, that's, probably, that's probably in the debate too. <laughs> so I guess that's what the next term, voluntarianism. That's pretty much what that is because everything is. There's all these terms and distinctions that are quite. Yeah, I, I would. I would. I would be. I would say they're, they. They would be synonyms. I, I see them as yeah. synonyms. Uh, small libertarian, anarcho-capitalism, and voluntar voluntarism. Voluntarism. <laughs> voluntarism. <laughs> yeah, because like voluntarist, voluntarist. Voluntarist. Yeah. <laughs> I forget, I forget the terms. Like, All right, it's kind of irrelevant. But my, my only point was in that in certain religious or even philo in certain philosophies, it, it doesn't say to go against anything in the government. It's just it's kind of comes down to you're either choosing God's law or nature's law, the law of nature, in kind of like, why would you respect someone trying to boss you around? I mean, if it was unjustified, which will bring us to our next point. Whenever anarchy kind of gets brought up in the debate, it seems like the knee-jerk reaction of statists are, "Well, who's going to build the roads?" Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> do, you have, a, do you have any? Do you have anything to tell those people? <laughs> uh, a lot of anarchists like laugh at that, but um, I mean, I forget what my response is to that. I mean, they they kind of um, 
Well, first off, there are private roads. People like people don't understand that there are there are private roads even in uh, even in America, I believe there are highways that's privatized. Yeah, it works really right. well. Yeah, and it's 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 been on the news with um, what's his name, Stossel. I don't know. Yeah, he did a he did a whole review on that, and it worked out really well. All the potholes are covered. Like it's more efficient. Uh, people stay don't stay in traffic jams because they just know the routes and they know how to build roads that are more efficient, routes that are more efficient, that kind of thing. Like the state can't do that because they can't respond to markets because they have forced money given to them. Well, my my only response to that is uh, it's kind of like same like what about the gar- what about sanitation? It's the same answer for all of them. The government subcontracts to private companies anyway. So every the people building the roads, I mean, maybe some of them are built by actual government workers, but usually those are subcontracted construction. Yes, yes, exactly. Like so, like all the roads are yes, um, are done by private parties. It's not like they're government workers and, they and, hire. And what people don't realize, and by the way, I'm kind of coming off as an anarchist here. I don't really like that label. I don't consider myself an anarchist. Really, I'm just. I would if I had to label myself in this. I would say. I would say I kind of go by live and let live. Who are you to tell someone else how to live, especially by force or by the force of others who are willing to to enforce that? And also just the general principle of common law. If there is no injured party, there is no crime. So if you're if you're collecting rainwater or growing some kind of plants for your own personal use, that's kind of strange to have armed men start throwing grenades at your property because you're growing a plant. It's, 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 it's it's weird to try to make that work. I don't know how status do it, but (laughs) to justify it, it's just kind of, well, uh, status have a lot of money that are forced onto them. And so they have to spend it on propaganda to uh, justify their living. So lots of propaganda, like, you know, the police are, you know, your, your heroes or whatever the, uh, what's the, what's the, what do they call themselves? The protect and serve or some shit? Public servants? Public servants. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, by the way, if anybody's kind of wants to know more about anarchy, I mean, Lysander Spooner was actually one of the most well written. Uh, he's one of the most. He is, he's, yeah, he's yeah, really yeah. good. I listened, I listened to his audiobook many times. His, uh, yeah, his writing, it's so in your face, brutal facts. I mean, it, it, I'd be hard pressed. I don't know if I've ever spoken to someone who has honestly and objectively read Lysander Spooner's work who kind of agrees with violent with you know violent the violent and, and, and also like tell him tell him when it was published his book I think he published more than one right he well he published pamphlets so he's a, he was a political philosopher he was born in 1808 and he died in 1887 so most of his stuff was published it was that. It was that much later. I thought it was kind of a. It was the same age, almost like a. For some reason, I was thinking it's like seventeen seventy something. No, his pamphlets were eighteen thirties to even the seventies. Actually, yeah. Wow. Huh. Actually, the eighties, all the way up through the eighteen eighties. Yeah. And he wrote a lot about banking and and morality and a lot of things. But yeah, he's he's. He, he, he was, that was my first official introduction, I guess, after speaking to you at length about it. I couldn't find too much I disagreed with. Before that, I kind of just thought the Constitution was kind of smart and prevented a lot of problems. And then there were people like Lysander Spooner. There were people like Larkin Rose who kind of were, 
I just heard some of the stuff they were advocating when when Larkin Rose says, well, Congress, I think I, even you might have said it. It's like the Constitution is all good except for one line. Congress has the power to tax. And it's kind of uh, like, uh, and it's kind of like, you know, it's, you know what's crazy? Um, imagine like, I mean, the country was just born like whatever, 1776. And like, Lysander Spooner comes out <laughs> like for like 30, 40 years later and, and throws down. Oh man, it was just, it's just, uh, it yeah, it was, it, it must have been crazy, crazy back then. That, I mean, it's, it's a point nobody thinks about though. I, I don't know if it's just from indoctrination or normalcy bias, appeal to popularity, appeal to authority, logical fallacies. People kind of accept it because I did. You, I mean, I'm assuming you did it for a certain period of time in your life. You just accept that Congress has the power to tax. Did you really stop and think about where, where this power came from? Because in the same document, or, even, or same documents if we're talking Declaration of Independence and you know I, I never really thought about it. I mean just like everyone else I was indoctrinated to the, uh, with you know, all this government stuff like you know it was okay to have this government because you need people to uh, you need to control people and get you know like all these functions in society is required to have a state or something that I mean that's what is you know given well, I never trust. even I don't think I was ever even exposed to the idea that government was a requirement. And or it was never even phrased that way. It was just kind of it just is the way it is. And well, I mean, they, they never they never said it like that, but they just through bombardment of all these. Yeah, it's kind of you like know. you you seem to think that there can't be another way. Like it's just never Cause, really because like because like like when they when they when you go to school, it's like the assumption is that the state exists and it will be here you know forever. That, yeah, I mean, that's yeah yeah you know and and. And, and for our benefit, for our benefit. and yes, yes, yes. That's like the whole. That's the yeah. hook. <laughs> that's the hook. But yeah, just going back to uh, Congress has the power to tax. If if in the Declaration of Independence all men are created equal, who has the right to rule you without your permission? So it just there's a couple little things that are kind of philosophically it's hard to argue against them. And then of course we have the non-aggression principle, which we didn't quite touch yet. But just real quick to finish on the who will build the roads. The other problem with these privately contracted companies, once they're once they're contracted with the government, they're they're getting their money no matter what. So it doesn't matter how poor of a job they do. And sometimes it's in their best interest to do a bad job because then they have to go fill the potholes and get paid even more money. So this kind of corporatism, I guess that would involve corporatism, not it's not a completely free market system and it's not because the government it's government mandated government regulated government contracted it's actually a lot more expensive than it would be if private if it was a free market system where private companies were competing for who's going to build the road so then that way the company that does the best job for the least amount of money would be chosen not whoever happened to have the best political connections <laughs> so it's actually not in the best interest of taxpayers, even if they're going to pay for the road to have the government do it for them. Because, I mean, even there, there are some there are some interesting political commentators out there. I think Ben Shapiro said this. He said, how many things does the government do well or you would trust the government to do very well and efficiently? Because <laughs> it seems like everything is botched and everything takes forever. If people haven't noticed, right? Yeah, yeah. Like nothing where, I mean, how long does it take to get something done at the DMV? 
Yeah. That's not people's favorite place in the world for a reason. But uh but yeah, no, well, like again, again with like the DMV, like there, there's no competition cuz like, you know, they <laughs> they monopolize the licensing and stuff. Yeah. The registration, so they have no competition, so they can take as as long as they want. Would you consider the non-aggression principle like the core tenant of anarchism? Um I I I would say most anarchists define it as that. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to go over that? Do you want to go over that for the listeners who might not um, know about it? I mean, I only know it as I think we kind of discussed it, like you know, the non-aggression principle. You know, don't do not aggress against others unless they aggress against you, and you can use self-defense. I mean, that's how I understand it. Yes, it's the initiation of violence. Yeah, the initiation of violence. No one, no one should. No one must, or no one shall. Yeah, initiate. if you're de- if you're defending yourself, that's not initiating. That's, yeah, that's, that's not defending. initiating. Yeah. Yeah. So the all I'm actually a friend of mine actually brought up an interesting point though. Pretty smart guy. When we were discussing this, it wasn't really a debate because it was just a discussion of have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? What do you think about this? He actually asked an interesting question that I don't know if I've even asked you this in regarding to anarchism because you actually advocate anarchism. I I wouldn't say I do, but uh, I, I kind of. I mean, I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of a fence sitter with everything because I'm going to get to some interesting points that people yeah, but, have made. Yeah, but I, I mean, let me ask you this. Do you believe in state force? Do you, do you believe in the state? Or do you believe the state should exist? By should exist, I mean, that, that's... Uh, a, but the, and the state can only exist by forced taxes. So if you don't believe in forced taxes, then that means you don't believe in the state. And if you don't believe in the state, then that means you're an anarchist. I mean, I, that's how I see it. Well, here's the thing, though. A state could, in voluntarism, if you had a state that was taxed and all the taxes were voluntary, that's still a state. Would uh, you say? Wait, wait, hold on. We have, but you have to erase uh, taxes are voluntary mindset because if uh, if taxes are voluntary, then it's not a tax. That's the that's the very but definition it's still a of state, a tax. But it's t- correct. But it's still a state, though. Well, well, I guess here's the way. I mean, the only thing I, the only way I can accept that is that if I if I took my m- money. And gave it to the state voluntarily without having taxes owed, then that would be voluntary tax. I guess that's how you would how yeah, you but would describe it's still, it. But no one has ever done that in the history. Could, Probably not. I don't know. Maybe someone did. But, but hold on, hold on. The, but Probably involuntarily because like they fucked up their taxes and then they just yeah. But your question, taxes and shit. Okay, your question was about the state, though. So should the state exist? If it's a voluntary based state, maybe there's there's no such thing as voluntary based state. Because for it to be voluntary, they can't collect taxes. We're not talking about taxes. We're talking about state. Um. Then, the a state a, a state is if I I this is how I see it. I don't know. I maybe you can def, redefine it for me. But a state is exists through taxes. There there is no state without taxes. That's how I see it. I don't know if you. I mean, that's how differently ex- than that. Okay, that's. That's, I would say, I mean, I don't know. There's a couple of countries that actually don't have taxes, so. Um, then there is no state. I mean, that would be an anarchist society. But it's a, country, it's a country with a state well, and a, a co- government. A, and a, well, government. A, a, country, a country, by definition, is actually a, a state. So, like, um, like America would be, a, like, a, it's a state. Exactly, it's a, but that's a, my point. There's countries with no taxes. Uh, which ones are they? Because I'd like to go there. I don't know. I, where? Which one? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you. I would say you, you're probably thinking that it's a, probably a misconception. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong though. 
Okay, so there's at least 15 countries with no income tax. Some of them have property tax, some don't. So yeah. in general, uh, so Qatar has no taxes. And actually, some of them actually give... So some of these Arab countries rich in oil, not only are there no taxes, they actually pay every citizen like 50 grand a year or something like that. Damn! I'm there. Well, you have to be a citizen. You can't. I don't know if you can get citizenship if you're not from. Wait, wait, wait. If I if I can't be a cit, like first off, citizenship uh, to me sound bells um, stated statism. Because I should be able to if it's a, if it's a, if it's an anarchist uh, land, if it's a free land, I should be able to go there without being because it's part of the planet. So here, I'm a human being. I should be. Here's the other argument, though. In in a so people make an argument like for example in the United States if you're using resources of the United States government to make money you should pay that tax so there's countries where you only well they're not should I mean they don't they don't have the right to but if they if I don't pay and they're gonna come to my land my free land to fucking arrest me and shit then I'll pay it just because they no, um, they're forcing the me to that wasn't the point like let's say you have some kind of business they have no right I I I I I'm not talking it's, it's about weird right. For me that, I'm not talking I, about right. I'm not talking you, about right. But you're saying you're saying you should, we should pay taxes. But no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Okay. Well, all right. What did you say then? Well, let me finish my point without interrupting me. Okay. So, so I'm saying some people believe if you're using the resources of the government to make money. For example, let's say there's a theoretical example. Theoretical. Let's say there's either a government building, a government road, a government boat, something that happens anyway without you, and you use it to make money for your business that you wouldn't have been able to do without the government. And now the counter argument is even if there was no government, there might have been something else that you could use to do it. But since we don't, that's that's a theoretical right now. Now, if the government definitely has a train system that they built, whatever it was, if it's if it was made specifically possible by the government and you're using it to make money. Now, obviously, the other counter argument is if it was your taxes that enabled it in the first place. But it, from a resource perspective, from a resource perspective, let's say hunting is allowed on a state, whatever state property. So you 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 hunt animals and you sell them. The government, now, again, you could argue the government has no right to that land, but currently they own it and they let you, so I, I, there's counter arguments here, but just on a base level, if you're using the resources of something, of X entity, if that entity is the government, should you be paying taxes? So now just to bring this point home, other countries like Singapore, there's a bunch of other countries in the world where you only pay taxes on locally generated income. So unlike the U.S., so if you're just making money online or doing something that does not involve any of the local economy, then you still have to pay taxes on it. But in other countries, you only pay tax on what you, you if you generate the income from local resources. So if you're just making money online or you have some kind of international business that has nothing to do with local, you don't pay tax on that because you didn't use it to generate your income. Does that make sense? Okay. So the Bahamas has no income tax. Bahrain has no income tax. 
So they have other means like property tax, sales tax, that kind of shit. Some of them do, some of them don't, and some of them only have taxes for four. So they're so they're on a gradient. I mean, they're like they're like a little bit freer than America, that or more free than America, that kind of shit. Brunei has no taxes. Cayman Islands, Kuwait, the Maldives, Monaco, Nauru, Oman. Qatar, if I didn't say that already, Somalia, <laughs> the United Arab Emirates. You know, it's interesting. A lot of these uh, libertarians, small L libertarians, um, anarcho-capitalists, they, they banded together and like they tried to buy land from the states. Uh, I forgot which state, but like to buy land uh, to develop a free country. <laughs> but it's kind of weird, like, you know, country means state, but like like a free land where they can develop without any forced taxes on, upon people who live there. But what, uh, happened, what happened with that? Uh, I have to look it up again, but it's one of those, uh, those Bitcoin billionaires that started it. What's his name? The opposite of, um, he, he was, he started Bitcoin cash, I believe, or he was a big advocate of Bitcoin cash. I don't know. Do, do you remember yeah, him? No, but if you haven't checked out our Bitcoin podcast, you can check those out. We did we did yeah. Bitcoin for people who uh, aren't too familiar with cryptos, although that was, what, a year or two ago now, so more people are familiar yeah. with it. Other countries are Vanuatu, Western Sahara. So there, there's quite a few countries that don't have income tax. Some of them have property taxes. Some of them don't. Some of them have sales tax. I, I remember reading, I thought there were a couple countries that had no, uh, yeah, so Bahrain, Cayman Islands, Cook Islands, Dominica, Faroe Islands, Fiji, Israel, Kenya, these have no property tax. And then uh, some of the countries also have no sales tax for locals. So Bahamas, so the Bahamas has no income, property, or sales, it looks like. So yeah, there's there's quite a few. So just to prove what I was saying before, so these are states that have no taxes. So if you make an argument that a, a government is useful or necessary without tax, and, and, and obviously, if you haven't checked out our uh, podcast, our July 4th podcast, is the United States still a, a British colony? We touched upon whether the income tax was even legal or not and how it was... Uh, ratified and a lot of the issues there <laughs> it's very mind shocking but if you take the income tax out of the equation if you get rid of property taxes and sales taxes is the government necessary or useful i don't know if i would be quick to say no i, I don't know i'm just you asked me the question if i believe in the state i don't believe in uh in any kind of initiation of violence so i guess you could call me an anarchist for that matter but in terms of the use of the word state I don't think you can say that state means forced taxation because there are countries where they don't have forced taxation, and well, they are. But they have they have other means though. They have like they have forced, um, they have forced something. Well, <laughs> I mean, how do they like? Are they are they completely volunteered? Like the society, like the society, like the community, gives them money to rule them, or like how how does it work? What do you mean, like in the Bahamas? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they work. I don't. I'm guessing. I'm guessing some of these countries have a lot of tourism or oil money, so the government receives money from all of these sources, so they don't need the money from its own populace. So they they pay all these government workers through foreign money or oil generated money or some other kind of resource, so they don't need to tax their local populace. 
So, so you're saying they're acting like a private company, producing oil, <laughs> distri distributing, <laughs> distributing. What? I'm no, that's Lila. interesting how you phrase that. I, I haven't thought about that. You're saying if if these governments are acting, I, I suppose in certain ways, yeah. Well, the way you describe it, because they don't they don't force any taxes on people. No one pays taxes. No I believe I believe foreigners foreigners would probably have to pay taxes of some kind, but I don't know. Like tourists, tourism taxes or things like that. I don't know. Yeah. But the local people living there, and, it, and there's even more countries where they only tax if you're using the local resources that are enabled by the government. So once again, if you're, you're making money in ways that doesn't involve the government, you don't pay taxes on it because it has nothing because you're not using the resources of the government. I think that's a more balanced view. But anyway, so, so in, a, it's in a way, in a way, they have they they've extracted and forced people out, outside of um, their government to not compete with them. They have so much of it that they no longer have to uh, force people to pay taxes. Well, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if they ever did, but but here's the thing: it's it seems like it is voluntary because if other countries, if other governments are buying oil from them voluntarily, that's where the money's, or if, if tourists are coming voluntarily into the country to spend money, it's all seems like it's on a voluntary basis. Okay. So in a system like that, would, would I say I'm a hundred percent against the state? If it's a voluntary state, I don't know, but let's, let's circle away from that. Cause that kind of threw off, threw off a lot there because we were talking oh, about well again like i see a voluntary state as a contradiction in terms then you know like you said it would be a free society then the like the, the places that you described are free societies that i didn't know about well i'm not sure they're entirely free there might be other means of control but i don't know but in general a state is defined as a polity that is typically established as a centralized organization. It doesn't say anything about taxes. It's an organize. It's a centralized organization. Uh, I yeah okay. I mean uh, that's how I looked at it. But I, I could be wrong. I guess. I'm now not... obviously some obviously many centralized, if not the majority. I'm not even arguing with you that it's probably the vast majority of centralized organizations use force. But who yeah. said who says that a centralized organization has to use force? What if they don't like if it, they're a centralized organization, they're a centralized so an organization, what is an organization? It's a group of people. Well, I guess I mean you could I mean you can go as far as like calling Apple as a centralized organization. I guess you could. Right? Because like they're very, you know, centralized in as far as like their production of products and so some people also use state and government interchangeably but there's yeah so I yeah mean, supposedly gonna... that's like a that's like a mistake that Stefan Kinsella talked about um i don't i don't know i forgot how to use the distinction it was it always it actually it was a challenge for me for some reason government and state are as separate things yeah i mean there's no like you said there's not really a definitive agreed upon definition by people because usually the state does have monopoly on the use of force but who yeah, said it has part. to? Like we're talking about, if you're using the definition centralized organization, that the, it could be that doesn't mean in a true anarchist society or voluntarist society, the government could still exist, 
and the people that want to support it voluntarily pay taxes to it. And they're still a centralized organization and they still might do a lot of the things that government does. It's just it doesn't force everybody else to be a part of it if they don't want to. Other people can use other companies to meet the same needs. Yeah, privatized and law, privatized courts, yeah, that kind exactly. of thing. So, but so that privatize could... everything. But like, I see that as not even like a government anymore. Like, I to me, to me, the government would be a contradiction in the or not. Uh, it would be a private entity. It's no longer a government. Does that make sense? Like as you define it, like that. I that's, yeah. that's how I see it. Yes. I mean, okay, I, don't know. I get it. I get it. But I was using. I was also kind of had the definition of state and government as kind of basically just a centralized organization. That doesn't mean there can't be other centralized organizations. But as you pointed out, that would it would be easier just to call them companies. I guess. Yeah. Because technically, yeah, they're not, you're not for, yeah, it's, the, the use of force is definitely what it's usually uh, depicted as. So, yeah, I don't know, I, I would say I like, I like common law, where it's kind of, again, God's law, natural law, like you don't, you don't hurt people, you don't initiate violence against people. So you could label me whatever you want, but I'm just saying I don't label myself as an anarchist. Even if you would, even if like, because you could label yourself a lot of different things. Right, look at look at the privatized law. I don't know what what the differences would be, but like private law can exist and has existed in the past. Ireland, uh, I believe Ireland had it. Some people would point to the tumultuous history of Ireland as not the best example. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I don't know, but but it was a different era from that. I think it was when it was peaceful or whatever i don't know i don't know the history of ireland so i can't really say shit so yes yeah, so but, um, but i believe privatized courts and police all existed there and it worked out really well and everyone was happy well that's kind of the next argument the next point is if there was no government there would just be madness in the streets people would be killing each other who would uh you know who would upkeep law and order that's another status position which is also quite Our propaganda. <laughs> yeah, well, the the thing that I first think of is, wait a second, it's like that old, what was that old uh, saying, when seconds matter, police are only minutes away? Yeah, something like or that. Or the average response time is two to 20 minutes or something, and the crime time. But, you know, it's crazy. Every time you say, like, um, every time you, like, bring something like that up, like, of course, the conspiracy side kind of comes up, like, and they do go that as far as that. I mean, it's, it's been proven with, you know, uh, insiders that they actually instigate uh, violence to promote police, like to promote the idea of policing. Oh, yeah. We don't need to go like, down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying is like they, they go that far to justify themselves to exist. But once you start looking, so the thing that points out to me is, wait a second. If criminals don't follow laws, so like murder is illegal. They say we live in a society, if, if there was anarchy, there'd be way more murder, death, and destruction. There's a lot of murder, death, and destruction because there's people killing each other all the time. They don't care about the law. So what good, what good is having the government? The government can only come after the fact. So how often do police officers stop crimes in progress? I mean, they do, of course. Of course they do. But proportionally and statistically... It's just, it's such a vast minority. And then you have pr like privatized police forces or personal security forces. They seem to have much more highly trained personnel and much better results. I mean, people hire private investigators for a reason because the police don't usually do that great a job at solving homicides or robberies. I mean, obviously, like across the board. 
in the amount reported by private citizens to the amount solved. They're not good numbers. So some people say you got to improve it. You know, you need better training for police or whatever. But if the police officer knows they're getting paid no matter what, and then they're going to get their pension, they're not going to do as good a job as a non-government subsidized private company where they can go out of business and not getting paid. So would a police officer treat the average citizen much better if they would get if they knew they would be replaced and fired instantly, even for I'm not even talking about police brutality or any of these things, just to not be civil or nice in general. If there are other officers or other private security companies where they have officers who are just that much nicer, that much better trained, that much more well versed in what the law actually is, they would be preferred. And then you'd of course have lower prices in a free market system. So there's a lot of interesting arguments for the and then of course, yeah, as I was saying before, criminals don't follow laws. So every it's it's almost like the government and the state is there to give the illusion of safety at the expense of freedom. Would you agree or disagree? Uh I just heard the the expense the expense of freedom or the I was just saying a lot of the government seems to bring the illusion of safety at the expense of freedom when there is no real safety because life is dangerous and there's crazy people that don't have any respect for the law or government. They're not going to care about a, about a certain law. They're going to do what they're going to do either because they're crazy or they have no respect for the law. So criminals don't follow laws. So how does that prevent how do laws prevent criminals from committing crime? It doesn't, but they're incentivized by these, you know, the political system to advance and all this stuff. So like they have to, they have to appeal to the masses. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre and mind shocking to go down the path of uh, political philosophies objectively, looking at everything. And it's uh, you know what's kind of interesting is people keep voting for a certain political party. What really changes that much? It seems like if things get worse and worse, inflation gets worse and worse. Your dollar just doesn't go as far as it used to. Is there that big of a difference? Some people, like again, a lot of anarchists say it doesn't matter who you vote for because it's going to be a messed up system no matter what. There was actually an interesting saying that I read. I think you're thinking about, are you thinking about the meme with the cows? Like they, they all go to the slaughter or something like that? No. Um, okay, I can't find it right now, but it's, it's something like uh, if, if a system depends on who's in power to function well, it's a bad system. Yeah. Something along those lines. There's another, there's a few, there's a lot of memes actually, but I think I posted one where there's like a bunch of cows on this, on the, on the photo. And I think it says something like, uh, oh my God, I forgot. It's been so long since I posted all these things, but, uh, uh, so I just, I just found it. If a system depends on the right person or people being in power, it is a bad system. Oh, that's it. Yeah. It's kind of a, yeah. It makes you think though, doesn't it? Because why would you continue with that system if it's not working? What were you saying with your with the meme, your favorite meme? I forget. I mean, there's there's a few of them. Um, I'm trying to think how it goes. Uh, I think I, you might know this because I think you might have read it. Um, it's like asking. A, it's like, oh man, voting for someone. I think it's like asking for the slaughterhouse to me. I don't know. I forget. Uh, I think I know what it. you're talking about. This one was. I think this was. Um, Democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. Liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. 
Uh, that was one of them. That was like uh, the black and white one. But there that's was, been, yeah, yeah like, that's been yeah. Franklin. That that was one of the ones that really got me thinking because because everybody likes to think that democracy is good. I mean, democracy is just mob rule. It's like mafia rule. If you have a lot of bad people, they're going to outnumber the good people. So it's kind of strange how people think that, which they actually think America is a democracy. It's not. It's a constitutional republic for a reason, because the founding fathers knew the evils of democracy. That's why they made the United States a constitutional republic. Right. And people don't, don't understand that. But, you know, we're back into whatever the fuck this is. And <laughs> I mean, this is worse than a democracy. I don't know what this is called. This is this is pure statism and shit. Idiocracy. Did you ever see that movie? Well, it's actually it's like a shadow. Of, it's like a, a false freedom status system. Have you ever seen the movie Idiocracy? No. Uh, you should check that out. It's a really, really scary presentation of the future in the in America. That should be next on your movie list since you love movies, Maxwell. Yeah. You know oh, what's weird? I still haven't seen 1984, which is kind of like this theme and stuff. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a really long time. I saw that was when I was a kid. I need to I need to revisit that one. But uh, yeah, that one's that one's major. Brave New World. I liked even more though. I like the the story of Brave New World. They're both they're 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 all really really scary. And we need to do some conspiracy theory podcasts on uh, the predictive nature of of both of those uh, stories. But uh, we hope you enjoyed another edition of the Mind Shock podcast. And if you haven't seen Anarchy being discussed and a lot of the points of Anarchy, this was just kind of an introductory episode. We might do a couple more because Maxwell is actually pretty well versed in this topic a lot more than I am. And he's he's given it a lot of thought, whereas uh, I, I've only scratched the surface with the political philosophies of anarchy as opposed to other political philosophies. But yeah, well, it's been about three or four years since I've looked into it. I mean, I haven't touched it in a long time, but uh, I mean, the next one I should do some more research and, and prepare more. So. Well, we'll know we know that you'll be able to retain that information so well <laughs> and, and just recall it on command with no uh, hesitation whatsoever or memory loss. So yes, if you like our podcast, you can donate to our PayPal. Just check link in the description. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Any questions, comments, thoughts, insults of any kind, just leave them in the comment section. If you like the podcast, hit the like button. Feel free to share it across social media platforms. You can check us out on Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, and Patreon. This is Bruce McGuire. And Maxwell Powers. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>